So here's a question for you. Would you benefit from ongoing support to improve your personal and professional leadership skills and ultimately achieve greater effectiveness and satisfaction in your work and your life? The Turning Points Leaders Community offers you daily support for your pressing leadership questions, ongoing bite-sized leadership development content to hone your leadership skills, and monthly live coaching calls where you receive individualized coaching from me specific to your situation so that you're able to work through breakdowns and get back on track to doing your best work and living your best life. This is the most robust online leadership coaching program around for an incredible value of only $147 a month. And as a podcast listener, you can join now and receive your first 90 days for $90. That's a savings of $351. You get access to absolutely everything, including the live coaching calls with me. Come check it out and see if this is the place for you to help you to take your leadership competencies to the next level. So let me give you a bit.ly link to make it easy for you to access this special offer. So here it is, bit.ly forward slash turning points 90. That is bit.ly forward slash turning points nine zero. Just pop that URL into your browser and it will take you right to the page to access the Turning Points Leaders community for only 90 days, or let's say $90 for your first 90 days. I can't wait to see you there. So let's get started with the podcast. What would it look like to claim your space as a leader and make a positive impact in your organization or community? Get ready to lead courageously and authentically from the core of who you are. Your leadership coach, Dr. Kristen Albert, will help you recognize how you are uniquely gifted to lead in your spheres of influence and help you become equipped and confident to handle the challenges of leadership. Take your leadership to the next level and create your turning points in leadership. Let's get started. Here's Chris. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Points in Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Chris Albert, and I'm so happy that you're here today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is a solo episode. Last summer, I was challenged by a friend I truly admire to up my leadership game by figuring out a way to get my thought leadership out there to a wider audience. She was suggesting that I start a podcast. Prior to that, I had said I would never, ever do a podcast. I had no interest in doing a podcast. Well, Because of this challenge, I'm not one to shy back from a challenge. And so, okay, so I decided I would do a podcast, but I agreed to myself, okay, I will do one episode a month because that was about the capacity I could handle one episode a month. And I would do six episodes. So that would be July through December of 2022. I was only going to do six episodes and see how it went. And when she was, suggesting that I find a way to get my thought leadership out to a wider audience. My thought leadership being this belief that I have that every single one of us is a leader in our sphere of influence. Not only are we capable of leading in our spheres of influence, but we're also responsible for leading within our spheres of influence. And I really believe that the challenges that we are facing in our communities, in our families, in our nation, that these are all 
caused by a lack of leadership where people who like just like you and me each one of us has responsibility for leading positively for stepping in when things are not going in ways that are productive helpful loving kind and so on and I'll tell you more about that later as we go on so I decided to interview leaders who inspired me who were making a difference leading in their spheres of influence I wanted to amplify their voices and I wanted to inspire listeners to reflect on your leadership and the difference that you're making in your spheres of influence and so the 10th episode now remember I said I'd only do 6 but the 10th episode dropped last month and at this point the podcast is averaging close to 50 new listeners each month at this point which is really exciting i would be honored if you would please take the time to like and share this podcast with folks in your circle and also to share a review of the podcast wherever it is that you listen that would be so helpful in getting this message out that we are all leaders in our spheres of influence and inspiring people to step in and step up to make our world a better place so i appreciate each and every one of you listening today and i thank you in advance for helping to get this word out so in these first 10 episodes i featured my guests stories of leadership and I thought I'd do a solo episode today to share with you my leadership journey and the influences on my leadership. You know, who is this Chris Albert uh, who is hosting this podcast? Who is she? Why does it why, you know, what's been her experience? So, I thought I'd just share some of that today because no two journeys are the same. Mine has been an interesting and somewhat meandering one. But I believe that it's been no less important or impactful than anyone else's journey. And so I think there's something we can learn from every other person's story. And so I'm excited to share mine with you today. I'm going to answer the same questions that I ask my guests. So if you're ready, here we go. So the first thing I ask my guests is to share with me how they're leading and what has brought them to leadership. And so I'll just give you a brief thumbnail of my leadership story. Many of you, some of you know, maybe some of you don't know, but prior to becoming a leadership coach and starting Turning Points as my company, my leadership coaching company, 11 years ago now, prior to that, I was in education for 30 years before I became a leadership coach. Now, I will tell you that I was teaching music primarily in the middle school, okay? And I learned a lot about leading people by leading middle schoolers. And that's kind of a whole other story. But if you can imagine middle school students not particularly wanting to learn what what it is that you're teaching. I was a music teacher. And how do you make the content that they're not particularly interested in, mainly because of just where they are in their life. How do you make that content interesting? How do you engage them? So it became not about what I was teaching, the content I was teaching, but it became more of creating a classroom that became a community of learners who were safe to take learning risks and who took care of one another 
respected one another and cared for one another in that community. So it was really kind of teaching them to be leaders in that classroom community and to do what leaders do, which is to create positive environments where things get done and where things can happen. So anyway, I, sh- I did 30 years in education before I became a, a leadership coach. I was leading in my classroom. The last 12 years of my work in education was at the university level. I uh, was an associate professor of music education. And when I was teaching, I had lots of opportunities to serve in significant leadership roles at the university from department chair Um, I coordinated the student teachers. I was the facilitator for the Council for Education, which was the oversight committee of all the education programs on campus. For most of my life, uh, adult life, I have been a lay leader in my church. When I was at Westchester University, I was the artistic director of the Kennett Symphony Children's Chorus. I brought them to residence at Westchester University and started an internship program for the pre-service music educators to learn from master teachers. Right now, I currently coordinate and lead small group ministries in my congregation. And a lot of that is teaching people how to lead in small groups and not there would be one leader in that small group but that they all function as leaders within that small group. You know how it is in, if you've ever been in an organization that when you say yes to being on a committee, you look at it almost as if you're getting into a life sentence. Well, the way we structure these small groups and the way we step people up to become leaders is that people are able to set boundaries for what they can do, make offers for what they can do, set boundaries around what they can and can't do, and to be able to equip them to say yes to what aligns with their values, say no to the things that don't align, and to participate as a co-leader in this space. So I'm currently working with leaders in those small group ministries, and my particular small group that I personally co-lead focuses on justice and equity and inclusion, especially with fair funding in education, economic justice, so livable wages and fair housing access, and access to health care. Cash bail reform here in Pennsylvania is a big deal. Civic engagement and voter rights, making sure everyone has access to voting, and climate justice. So these are areas that I care deeply about and that I lead in currently. So having said that, One of the questions I always ask my interviewees, my guests, is what is one of your earliest memories of leading or leadership? One of my earliest memories of leading was the first time I recognized that, huh, maybe I do have something to offer. And as I as I noted that I had been um, in lay leadership in the congregations that I had been part of for many years. And my very first experience in leadership happened to be, I was about 14 years old, and I was the youth representative on the congregation council, which means I was, there were maybe 12, 15 council members that were all adults, and I was the youth representative. I was to be the voice of the youth. So I remember being at a particular meeting, and and I also remember not saying much in those meetings because I deferred to the 
to the other people because they were older and they were leaders. And I remember very specifically what they were debating at one particular meeting. They had an issue that they were trying to decide how to handle it. And they were talking and they talked for a good long time, trying to come to some consensus around what they were going to, how they were going to handle it. I can actually remember sitting in the chair, what where I was seated and the conversation. But as they got to the end of the conversation and hadn't come to kind of a, a consensus as to what they were going to do, I raised my hand and was called upon and I said, have you considered something like this? And I laid it there on the table. Well, as it turns out, they ended up adopting my idea, putting that idea into action, and it became you know, a direction that they took. So for me, I remember that being one of the very first times, my very first memory of, of noticing maybe there is something that I have to offer. Maybe I do have a voice and important things to say. So maybe I shouldn't just sit back and wait. Maybe I should actually speak up and offer my thoughts. So that was my first, uh, one of my earliest memories of leading or leadership. The second question I always ask my guests is, in what way did your family, your cultural influences, and or your community shape the way you view leadership? My father, well, let me describe my father, okay? He was um, about six foot eight, about 250 pounds. He was a very large man. He had a very low voice, a very powerful voice. And I saw him not only as a leader in our family, but I also watched him leading in the community and especially in our church where I grew up. I watched him be president of the congregation council. I watched him be active on many, many committees and so on. I watched him be very thoughtful about what his values were. And he even at one point, I still have it somewhere, he created like a business card sized, well, it was actually the size of a business card. And it had eight to 10 principles on it that were his guiding principles. And he would actually hand those out to people. He had them printed like business cards and he handed those out to people. But I think back on that, I think who does that, first of all? I mean, if we are reflective leaders, we have taken time to, to think about what our values are, what's important, why we do what we do, how we align our actions with our values and those sorts of things. But he was taking it like one step further. He just wasn't mindful of that in himself. But he was making basically leadership declarations by taking this these cards and presenting them to people for their consideration. As I think about that, that was a very bold leadership move that I remember to this day. And I remember being curious about it and just watching him step into these places where he would lead, not particularly with any kind of, he didn't have a title for any of this kind of leadership. He was just presenting himself as a leader and representing himself as a leader. So 
I thought that was really, really interesting. I also had a, a grandmother who I have a letter that she wrote to Dwight David Eisenhower, and he actually wrote back. I don't know what she wrote to him about what she believed he should be doing, but he wrote back and basically said, no, I don't really agree with that premise. But what I do believe is it'll be people like you at the grassroots level that yada, yada, yada. So she saw herself as having a voice and the importance of, of speaking truth to power, so they say. I also look back now, for those of you who have seen my picture, you know that you can see that I am a, a white American of European descent. And so a lot of my views on leadership and influence came from a white-centric perspective. And so over these last number of years, I've made it a, a point and a mission to understand my white privilege, my implicit biases, the things that have influenced how I saw the world because of my whiteness. And then to extend that, how that created exclusivity. I remember as a kid thinking how cool it would be to belong to an exclusive club. Well, think about that word, exclusive, right? It is intended to exclude. So again, my family, my cultural influences, my community shaped the way I viewed leadership, and it was really through a white-centric lens. And so one of my intentions over these past number of years, five years or so, has been to decenter whiteness. And I, maybe you will also notice that of all the folks that I have uh, interviewed on my podcast, um, they have been people of color, both men and women. And that's been very intentional because as a white person, I have had the privilege of being heard. And so it is one of my intentions to amplify the voices of people of color, to equalize, to give that platform and that voice to people of color, again, decentering that whiteness. And so that's kind of a, a, a learning for me and how, you know, how my cultural influences play into that. The third question I always ask my podcast guests is, as you look around at the people with whom I interact, whom I'm surrounded by, what do I want them to know or want them to invite them to think about or explore when it comes to leadership? I think this, the answer to this question really fits in with this thought leadership idea that I have. I want to invite people to reflect on their ability to be a leader even without a place of privilege, even without a title. Again, I believe that every one of you listening to this podcast, whether you have a position of privilege, whether you have a title or not, that you are capable and responsible of leading positively in your sphere of influence. So let's take a simple example. Let's say you're at a networking event. Okay. And at that networking event, well, first of all, I hate networking events. <laughs> okay. I don't like them because I'm 
quite the introvert, which makes no sense because here I am on a podcast, right? Hosting a podcast, but I really am. I'm an introvert. I get my energy from being alone. So let's say you're at a networking event and you have leadership opportunities, even though this is not your event, this is not something that you've sponsored. You have the ability to step up to someone else and to build a relationship in a short time with that person where they feel invited, included. You can create that space where they feel like what they have to say is important. You can create as a leader, you can create space where positive things happen. So if you imagine going to a networking event, let's say, and you stand back and you watch people interact and you step up to someone and you both say, you know, exchange your business cards and what do you do and so on and so forth. That is very transactional. Okay. Leadership is not transactional. Leadership is relational. So in any instance, you have the ability to have a conversation with someone that becomes meaningful and inclusive so that each person leaves that conversation enriched by that interaction. So I want each of you to think about in every interaction that you have with someone, you know, why do we why do we interact with someone? There's always an outcome intended. You know, why do people speak? People speak to be listened to. Right? So when you're speaking with each other, you want to be heard, you want them to be heard. So you create this space where each person walks away positively influenced in some way by that interaction. That could be at the gas station, that could be, you know, at the gas pump. That could be at a fast food restaurant. That could be your interaction with people with whom you work, people that you don't know in your building where you show up. That can be in the grocery store. I mean, I'm talking basic stuff. I'm not even talking about high level leadership. But if you can imagine, if we can step out of ourselves and decenter ourselves as the center of attention and think about how we can create space for positive things to happen. That is leadership. So I didn't think about that ahead of time, but I think that's okay. <laughs> so each month in the Turning Points Leaders Community, which is my online community that includes content that is leadership development content, it includes uh, open coaching calls with me, and events and opportunities for developing your leadership. But in that community, we always explore a theme around leadership. And this month, we've been focused on the concept of authenticity and the importance of being your courageous and authentic self. And so I, so my question, if I were my guest, what comes to my mind or resonates with me about this idea of authenticity, especially as it pertains to my own journey? I'll speak first as a leadership coach. And one of the things that I know about authenticity is that it is one of the characteristics of a leader that is positively correlated to leadership effectiveness, according to the leadership circle. What I mean by that is that the more authentic 
you are in your leadership, the more impactful you are as a leader. So when it comes to being your authentic self, this is something I have had to work on even over the last 10 years as a leadership coach. And I guess it also pertains to what I was just talking about at a networking event. You know, how many times do you walk into a room and you look, a room of strangers, and you think to yourself, okay, what's this going to be like? Who am I going to find that's going to relate to me in a way where I can be my authentic self? Or who do I have to be to fit in? Okay, That's not your authentic self. Somebody asked me recently, um, when are you at your best when you are speaking to an audience? And my answer was, when I can just show up as me and be myself. Now, you folks who are listening to this, you just heard me ramble on about inviting people to think about seeing themselves as leaders, right? None of that of what I said was perfectly buttoned up, scripted, and it wasn't perfect. And I am not going to go back and I'm not going to revise that part of the podcast because it wasn't perfect. You are getting the authentic Chris Albert. And one thing I joke about, whenever I do a a handout at a workshop, anything that I pass out that's in print, I can always guarantee that there will be at least one mistake. It's a guarantee. I am far from perfect and my authentic self does not strive to be perfect. There used to be a time where I felt like I needed to be this particular way to show up as a leader. I had to be, and I'm using my hands now, which you can't see because it's a podcast, but there was certain, these certain expectations that I held for myself to be seen as a leader. And those Things that fit in that box weren't necessarily authentic me. Authentic me is a little cheeky. Authentic me is a little sarcastic. Authentic me likes to laugh. Authentic me cares deeply about things and cares deeply about things that matter to me. The authentic me doesn't like to just chit chat, idle chit chat, and, and fill space. Authentic me wants to have like meaningful conversations with people. So I'm not really good at just chit chatting. I'm more um, authentic me wants to actually sit down and dig into something with someone else, hear what you think and learn about your thoughts and how you came to understand things. So that authenticity, I guess the question that I would ask you to consider is, Who are you when you are at your best? Who are you when you are at your most comfortable? And what are you telling yourself about how you need to show up in order to be seen as a leader? I really believe that you can be your authentic self and you can show up with integrity. In other words, mean what you say. That, that you're walking the talk, that what you espouse, as long as you align your behaviors with your speaking, with what you say matters, you walk the talk. Those two aspects are aspects of authenticity. And sometimes we have to be courageously authentic, which is speaking, again, truth to power, 
from the core of who we are without fear. So authenticity, I, it's, it for me has been, a, a, I've been a work in authentic progress over the last 10 years. And um, I wish that folks could learn earlier. Many of us later in life come to this place where we don't care what other people think. You hear a lot of people say that, you know, I've lived long enough that I don't care what people think. The truth is that we should be able to, and that that's not necessarily authenticity, but we should be able to be our authentic selves much sooner in our lives. And that's something that we have to, we have to spend some time learning and understanding and growing in that direction. But showing up as your authentic self is, is an invitation to you. So the next question, what is one value or guiding principle that informs my work and is infused in everything I believe and how I approach leadership? Two words, kindness and inclusion. I believe that there is no time where people should be treated unkindly and disrespectful. There was a time in my life when I was um, bullied. It was many, many years ago. I was in high school. And I came to appreciate people's vulnerabilities, came to understand that we are all vulnerable and that we need each other's kindness and we need to be included to feel love from someone else okay so i approach my leadership with kindness and inclusion i look to people and say who how can i include them everyone has a gift that they can bring into an effort so i i look to invite people to determine what they can bring to that effort. Okay. And I also, so that, that is inclusion. And I also do it. And I also with an intention of being kind. Now, I'm not perfect. I recall times where I have been unkind or I have thought unkind thoughts, you know, I'm, I'm human, but kindness, I think it's, it is my intention to always be kind and to include others, especially those who feel disenfranchised and excluded because they, I value those individuals. I value everyone has value and everyone deserves to be loved, treated kindly, and, and to be included. And the last question I ask folks is, what's my favorite leadership quote? Now, I'm going to do a shout out to one of my earlier guests from, I think, 2022. His name is Jose Matthews. And Jose brought this quote to my attention. I didn't know it before then, but it has become absolutely my favorite quote. And it is from Oprah Winfrey. And she, in 2012, she did a commencement speech at Spelman College. And this is the quote. She said, quote, I don't want to just be successful in the world. I don't want to just make a mark or have a legacy. I want to fulfill the highest 
truest expression of myself as a human being. I want to fulfill the promise that the creator dreamed when he dreamed the cells that made me up. Isn't that beautiful? I don't want to just be successful in the world. I don't want to just make a mark or have a legacy. I want to fulfill the highest, truest expression of myself as a human being. I want to fulfill the promise that the creator dreamed when he dreamed the cells that made me up. And I I hope that in my answers today, I hope you can hear that, that leadership is about fulfilling the highest, truest expression of yourself as a human being. Every single human being has a highest, truest expression of themselves. And that is my wish for everyone, that they be able to live authentically, that they be able to step forward with courage and to lead in positive ways in their spheres of influence. So that's my favorite quote. And last question. So first of all, let me say thank you for listening to me. Uh, It's a lot of Chris Albert talk here today, which I don't particularly like to do. I prefer sitting on the question side, uh, be the interviewer, mainly because one, I would rather listen to what other people have to say, not because what I have to say, I don't not because I don't think it has value, I do know that it has value, but maybe I've been around too many people that think they that their voice is the only voice that needs to be heard and, and that they all they do is blah, 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 blah. So, so I would prefer to be the listener than the speaker, but I thank you for, for listening uh, today. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for being open to listening to my answers from a place of openness and recognizing that this is just the authentic, honest Chris Albert and who I am. And um, I do believe that we all have it in us to do our best work, to live into this highest calling and to do it in, in such a way that it makes a difference in the world. And we all have that responsibility and that ability to lead in our spheres of influence. So best way to get in touch with me is to uh, join me on LinkedIn because my website is a little out of date and I need to get on that. But LinkedIn is probably the best way to connect with me. Uh, I do a lot of posting there. So it's Dr. Kristen Albert is my handle on LinkedIn. And I also invite you to check out my Turning Points Leaders community. I gave you a little bit of a description of it, not a very good description of it. So do check it out online. I will put a link in the show notes. And if you go back to the the pre-roll of this episode, you will hear that, again, that I've got a, a special going on where you can join the Turning Points Leaders community for $90 for the first 90 days. So that's a savings of $351. The Turning Points Leaders community provides you with ongoing support to improve your personal and professional leadership skills, to help you achieve greater effectiveness and satisfaction in your work and your life. You get individualized coaching from me specific to your situation. 
You get daily support for your pressing leadership questions. You get ongoing bite-sized leadership development content and those live coaching calls. So do check that out. I would love to, to meet you in the Turning Points Leaders community and invite you to join me there. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm looking forward to next month's episode, the end of June. I'll be interviewing uh, Isaac Etter. And Isaac is a gentleman that is leading in the spheres of the foster care system, how to make the foster care system more supportive for foster parents and make it a better experience for kids in the foster care system. He, uh, Isaac is just terrific. So I look forward to you to meeting him next month. So again, please subscribe, like, share, and leave a review. So thanks for being here today. I look forward to connecting with you in the Turning Points Leaders community and on LinkedIn. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye now. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to take a moment to like, share, and comment on today's episode. If you're not already a member of the Turning Points Leadership community, you can accelerate your development as a leader by joining today. You'll find the link to the community in the show notes. If you'd like to be a guest on Chris's show, send an email to turningpointsguest at liveworksatisfied.com. See you next time for more Turning Points in Leadership.